Hey, everyone, listen in as we talk about quality management as a system. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey everyone, welcome back to Quality Matters, brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. And I think we're going to talk about one of Kyle's favorite things, but he has so many favorite things. <laughs> we haven't even gone into sci-fi yet. That could go on for a long we time. We won't ever. Guns? No. Fishing? No. Hunting's kind of like guns, but it's different. No. Quality? Yes. Yay! <laughs> Um, so I was kind of scrounging around looking for some topics that weren't ASQ, but never fear, we'll get back to those. <laughs> um, I found a website called managementhelp.org. Okay. And this, uh, little snippet was written by Carter McNamara. Um, and it looks like he has his own consulting company as well. Um, so he just wrote this little article about how quality is best managed as a system. Yes. And I figured you would totally agree with him. Yes. Um, he talks about a recurring cycle of activities, and he lists four activities. I'm going to read them. Planning to determine goals and how they can be achieved. Uh, then developing and managing the resources and activities to achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. Evaluating whether the goals have been achieved or not. And then using the learning from the evaluation to improve the quality of the next round of planning. So effectively, it's the PDCA cycle. I figured you were going to say that. Yes. <laughs> plan, do, check, act. Initially, it was plan, do, study, act, which has a little more significance, but doesn't work for uh, quick turnarounds, I guess. So what do you think? Quality well, management as a system. Very much. Um, it cannot be simply reacting to changes that come to play. It cannot be reacting to orders that come in, the work that comes in. Um, and that actually makes it very hard to sell uh, the idea of a quality management system sometimes to like, uh, you know, job shops, right? So if you think about someone that has, you know, uh, custom machining and the, the turnaround is, is different for every project or an automotive shop, you know, you don't know what you're working on. And mm-hmm. someone brings in clunk, you have no idea what you're about to do until you sit down to do it. Mm-hmm. And so people argue, well, how do we plan for those? You know, how, how do I have a production plan when I don't know what the next project's going to be? Okay. And those are valid questions. It's something, honestly, we struggle with here as well because every consulting job's different. The Anytime we do new developments for software, it's different each time. Um, and we have gone through several iterations of, of our planning process. In fact, this morning, that's what I'm working on. I'm currently doing a revision on our production planning procedure today. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So this is very much a, a, a real world kind of classic example. But that's part of the, he mentions a continuous cycle of improvement. Yes. This is um, this is kind of where I draw the line sometimes between continue us improvement and continue all improvement. The us and all are different. So when I say continue all improvement, this very much fits into this PDCA cycle of we had a plan, we did the work. Even more important than having the plan 
but checking the results. Did we achieve the intended outputs that we had planned? Okay, before we keep going, sure. I know we've talked about it before, but I can't remember the difference between the continual mm-hmm. and continuous. Okay, continual is what most of us think about with continual improvement. I did something and I want to make it better because I found something that could have made it better, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'll leave it there. Continue us improvement, unfortunately, has been bastardized by bad practitioners of Lean and Six Sigma. Okay, but that doesn't tell me what it is. Yeah. So what is it? Um, analysis by paralysis. It is overanalyzing, overworking, overtweaking, and overcomplicating solutions. Would most people use those interchangeably, though? They would, unless this is something to pay attention to when you're in a conversation with someone that is a professional in the area. If they are talking continue us improvement, they are talking more from the Lean and Six Sigma perspective, which again, there's nothing wrong with these methodologies. Um, But oftentimes if someone is using the word continue us improvement, they come from that background. So be aware that you may wind up with very overly complicated solutions. So Hmm. continue all improvement oftentimes indicates, I'm not saying these are rules that are written down anywhere. It's just kind of my own anecdotal information. I don't have objective evidence to verify it. Um, but continue, send him hate mail. <laughs> continue <laughs> all improvement is very much based on this uh, improvement cycle, the the PDCA cycle. Okay, so I was asking because this guy, and I'm I'm not trying to bash him or say anything no. bad about him, but he wrote those four steps, which mm-hmm. you said is the plan, do, check, act, basically. Right. But then use the word continuous cycle of improvement. Could be, uh, yeah, it could be a number of things. I wouldn't put too much emphasis on it, um, but like if you, it could be he has a background in very, Lean Six Sigma. Very much could, could be. be this was written before continuous got right misused. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, if you've got job shops are a great example where it's, it's really hard to understand the impact of a quality management system because the ways they see it is they are responding, reacting with competence and skill. To whatever comes your way. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty good. Um, so some of the ways that this can be implemented is something literally right here today and that I'm working on myself is when a new project comes in, what does that initial project planning look like? And what we've run into is that the initial project planning sometimes takes more meetings, more time, and more effort to plan than it really winds up being worth. And so then I have to step back. This is part of the, uh, what was the fourth step he had listed there? Use the learning from the evaluation to improve the quality of the next round of planning. Yeah. So if you wind up spending a third of the time on your project planning it, rather than actually doing the work and checking it, eh, it's probably a little bit of an imbalance. That that planning process should not be quite so in-depth. And so that's something we've run into. And so it has led to problems with properly planning projects. Because if it takes too much time, guess what? People aren't going to do it. We're like water. We're going to find the path of least resistance. Okay. So what I'm looking at here is like, okay, well, if a project comes in for this type of project or for that type of project, what's the standard set of documentation that we need to complete and fill out? So do we need a uh, 
a Gantt chart to track the process? Do we need to list out all of the requirements and goals or whatever it is? So we're working to better standardize our planning process because no two projects are ever the same. And I can testify that he is working on this because I had never heard of a Gantt chart. Still am not totally familiar with what it is. But on this day that we are recording, which will not be the same day that you guys hear it, he called me into his office and said, hey, look what I did. I made a Gantt chart. to, And, you know, I was like, wow, looks really cool for you. Okay. <laughs> to clarify, the reason I was so excited is because I personally prefer not to use Microsoft Project when I can avoid it. It's more overkill than some of the projects we work with. So I was able to recreate it in Microsoft Excel. Okay. Which is kind of, you know, if conditional formatting, some fun little tricks, any case. It's kind of geeking out about it because um, it's so much easier to manage than project. So if you guys appreciate the geekiness and coolness of that, let him know. Because I'll he, send you a copy of it. He, he did not get the appreciation from me that he would have liked to have gotten. No, but this was part of it. So my replanning is in itself a process. Mm. And one of my expected outputs is that planning our production processes is quick and easy. And it has not always been quick. Sometimes it takes a little longer. So that's what we're going through. It's like, okay, well, if we run to this type project, here are the standard tools we have available to ourselves to run the plan with. Here are the prescribed checks and measures to reevaluate if we're hitting the deadlines and accomplishing our goals. Mm -hmm. And so my number one criteria is to make it as quick and easy as possible. And so what I've realized for us means is if we're doing consultation, or document and information development, which is like consultation light, um, <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to have one set of tools. If we're doing an internal audit, which, you know, God only knows how many internal audits we've done, that process is fantastic, works wonderfully. We know what we're doing. Yeah, we've got a different set of tools over there. Well, let me rephrase that. We know what we're doing all the time. Our internal processes is yes. what we're working on. <laughs> yes, this is just to save us time and effort. Right. <clears throat> Um, how can we achieve the same outcomes with fewer inputs? Mm -hmm. So then, you know, if you take a look at the quality management software, we're going to have a big upcoming release for our QMS software. So I think when is that, Kyle? I have to change the date. Oh. So I can't tell folks when yet. Had to change the date. But we're going to have a big release so coming So you don't out. know when the new date is? I don't have it yet. I'm waiting. We... we we've got to sit down and reevaluate our plan. Okay. So, um, but we're going to have two ways that we're working at it. We're going to continue providing some of the custom services that we've always done, which is going to have one planning method. And we're going to be offering much more of a uh, standardized, out-of-the-box, ready-to-go solution. So that's going to go down another path. And so that's what we really had to step back and realize is that if we treat all of these projects the same, we're going to put too much emphasis um, on some aspects of the plan for one project and then not enough for another. So when we're really segregating, we really have four types of projects we go after. So we need to treat each one as its own thing. And again, I can testify to this process because initially when we started the business. <laughs> Damn it. He just spilled coffee co on himself. Coffee on himself, y'all. If you only knew every time, <laughs> every time he eats or drinks, he spills something on himself. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So you know, what I've was said I? I like these to be unedited, but I might change my mind. No, soon. that's staying in. <laughs> so <laughs> when we started, it was this custom software. We we're so excited about it because we can customize it to you know your process, your people, mm-hmm. you know the way you do things. It was on our website, maybe still is. Right. Um, and then we realized people didn't really want a custom thing. They were often going for an out-of-the-box solution. Right. And some of that just the market dynamics changed, right? Yeah. So when I first started doing this was 2013. 2013, QMS software as a category didn't exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like no one sold QMS. I say no one. Not many people sold QMS software. Mm-hmm. And so if I was going to come in to do a, a solution for them, they really love the idea of this custom tailored, right. efficient process, but custom tailored solution to their business. So over the last maybe year and a half, yeah, um, we figured out or market changed, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, that they really want an out of the box solution. Yep. Now, my theory is that's due to finances. COVID happened last year. Out of the box solutions are typically less expensive than a mm-hmm. custom solution. Just like if you go to the store and buy a prom dress, that's cheaper than if you have a prom dress made. Good example. Um, so, um, I have a feeling that you know the nationwide mm-hmm. crisis that happened kind of caused that shift to yep. happen. We want an out of the box solution. We can just deal with it. However, right. And and now that the economy is kind of bouncing back, things are going better, more steady. Right. We're seeing that people maybe want a few customizations. Right. So to kind of handle that problem, just go down the route of offering both and making both available. Right. And this, I mean, you know, I think this is a perfect example of this this process right here is we had a solution that worked, sold, you know, we provided great support for, but then we noticed that, you know, things change. So we adapt to the change. We identify a plan, expected outputs of that plan. We move forward with it. And then we see some other things that, you know, don't quite line up when we do the check. And we're checking, okay, so how is this standardized solution operating? Well, we're getting more and more requests for custom features to be added and i'm kind of scratching my head like you know i kind of thought that's what everyone wanted to get away from Mm -hmm. and so then we have to replan now that doesn't mean i'm scrapping the whole solution but what it does mean is that all of these fun features that we've custom developed over the years we get to pack into this one fantastic standard solution Mm -hmm. and that's going to be what we provide up front but then as you have additional needs, we're building in ways that we can do the custom work at a lower rate, a quicker turnaround. So it's just a fantastic example of how this, this process works. Yeah, it has to be part of a system. You, you cannot, cannot be afraid to evaluate yourself and say, yes. hey, that didn't work out. Let's try something else. Right. The, the difference is if you want to have a good system, or you just want to respond to change is in a good system. You have to be willing and ready to take a step backwards, detach yourself, say, okay, well, this is what I'm going to pursue. Write a documented plan that this is what I'm going to pursue. Identify a date in the future that you're going to check and make a decision. Is this a good direction? Mm -hmm. Most people don't take that extra step. Most people are good at making good judgments to move forward but you got to sit and reevaluate did this change i made 
actually get me the intended result I want? And if it well, did... don't they talk about that with goals? Like you have to have a date written down or it's just an idea Yeah, that's why New like Year's that. resolutions suck. So what, <laughs> seriously, it's something like 98% of New Year's resolutions are given up by the end of the year. 90% are given up in January. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Because you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this fundamental change to the way I live my life. <laughs> no, you're not. You're just excited about it today. <laughs> so you do have to check yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to identify points in time you will do it. Otherwise, what's going to happen? You forget. Oh, yeah, I did say I was going to do that. Oh, well, too late now. <laughs> so, but it's the same thing with systems. So that's that's the whole idea of the plan, do, check, act cycle is we're not putting it in stone. It's not unchangeable. But at the same time, it's not infinitely flexible. And... When I say that, uh, so many people say, oh, yeah, you kind of get, get the best of both worlds. Bullcrap. You don't get the best of both worlds. You come up with a different solution, and that different solution is I identify a plan that I think will work. I work the plan. I check to see if the plan worked, and then I make a decision, yes, it did, no, it didn't. And that's very different from getting the best of both worlds. So I feel like when – I don't really deal with the customers, but I get the feeling that a lot of people that want to implement a quality management system is mostly so they can achieve a certification mm-hmm. um, or a customer is requiring it. And yeah. so they create this QMS and then it sits there. Yes. And that is yes. the worst use of their resources. Wholeheartedly wholeheartedly and the two objections i get to it when i see it and we we see it fairly frequently unfortunately is there will be procedures that are still on draft or still in revision one from 2014 Mm -hmm. i'm sorry you're not still going to be on revision one from 2014 here in 2021 and they think they have to like rewrite their whole right quality manual to change one thing yeah and so the two big objections i get is one Whoever the consultant was that helped them implement this the first time gave them way too many requirements. And so they're just bound down and they've got a ball and chain around their ankle called the quality manual. Mm-hmm. And they can't go anywhere, do anything because it's they're dragging it behind them. The other objection is, well, we just don't have time to do it. And, you know, there's solutions to both problems, but those are mm-hmm. probably the two biggest things that people tell me is – They've got this massively complicated set of requirements. They're like, I don't even know what this means. And it's in their procedure. Right. Um, Or the colleges don't have time to make the changes. And, you know, like I say, unfortunately, those are the two biggest, biggest problems that get in the way. Either way, you know, there's solutions to it. And, you know, I'd be happy to discuss those ideas with anyone. Mm -hmm. But neither one of them are living a system. Right. Neither one's living a system. And that's the key to quality management. It has to be living breathing mm-hmm. and it has to be part of a system yeah. where you evaluate and change things and i would think our little discussion today would prove to people that uh you know even as so-called uh, experts we still deal with the same problems everyone else deals with yeah you just people, work the system yeah people <laughs> need to know that yeah i still deal with the same challenges you do we are facing it head-on with our software development right now well and i promise you he deals with and a certain employee that likes paper things 
and doesn't like to go digital. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, that would be another fun conversation for another time. There are cases when digital is best, and there are cases where handwritten paper and Excel spreadsheets are best. And yes, this is coming from a software developer. We'll talk about that another day. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, y'all. If you have enjoyed this episode, like what you heard, or took away something good from it, be sure to comment and subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Android, Google, you name it, we're there. Feel free to connect with me directly on LinkedIn. You can find me there, Kyle Chambers, and we hope to hear from you soon.